It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. I'm certain many of you have read the book, The Mythical Man Month, but just in case, I thought I'd throw this out here. This is the book where they talk about a lot of different interesting things, but one of the concepts that they talk about is, um, you know, a gentleman who says that he got so excited he found out that his wife was expecting their first child that he invited eight of her pregnant friends over because he wanted her to have the baby in a month. And while many of you may be snickering or laughing at that comment, obviously throwing more people at an issue sometimes doesn't solve the problem. Keyword, sometimes. When it comes to trying to drive up team productivity, uh, solving persistent problems or delivering products faster, sometimes adding more people isn't the right solution. Sometimes it actually exacerbates the issue. Uh, particularly if you're behind schedule, under a heavy deadline, it, it tends to be counterintuitive, uh, but it is true. And there's a difference between just throwing more people at it and swarming to deliver a limited amount of work in progress. So, so let's, let's get into this, because I think this is going to prove to be interesting. Let's look at why. First off, as we all know, teams are asked to build complex interconnected systems, right? Whether it's software, hardware, it doesn't matter what it is, products, services, everything we're asked to build in most cases is complex and interconnected somehow. It takes time for new team members to get up to speed and become meaningfully productive. Even an experienced worker can take weeks to fully ramp up and understand all the things they need to do and all the things that have happened that preceded them in the workspace. Neither does acquiring the necessary know-how and becoming fully oriented happen in a vacuum. The existing team members, especially people who are in more of a dev lead position or a a lead position on the team, they often have to spend a lot of time helping onboard people, taking away focus from their job. This is why I always say if you measure flow, that you'll notice that there is a dip in production when you add a number of new team members. If you just say, hey, we're going to try to increase production by adding people, you will notice that productivity does dip dramatically. So the question becomes, what do you do? And I think part of this is understanding, you know, if the new people come in and they have all the right skill sets and they're perfect and they can just gel and drop right in, plug and play, there's a chance, a slim chance that you could see an increase in productivity. But oftentimes that increase in productivity is short-lived because perhaps even though that person has the right skill set, they may not do things the same way as other people have done them on a team or the way that the organization culturally finds it acceptable. So you'll notice that issues will increase or people will start unintentionally making what I call negative contributions. Um, They're not necessarily introducing things that are going to cause rework, so to speak, but they're just not introducing things in a way that are impactful and in line with the way that the team does work. So the bigger the team gets, the more unruly it gets and the harder it becomes to manage lines of communication get stretched. Coordinating the right work becomes a challenge. It just becomes overly complicated. And now let's 
fast forward to the work from home, partial work in the office environment that's sort of come around now. While, while this has given people an opportunity to expand their playing field as far as where they work across multiple time zones and, and having uh, you know beautiful cross-pollinated, cross-cultural teams, it's also introduced the opportunity for more handoff points, potential to cause problems. So what I've seen is that oftentimes when we just throw more people at it, we, we have a tough line, a tough period. Then we have what I call the honeymoon period. And then we go back into this, this lull, as I like to call it, right? So if you think about it from a perspective of how do we evaluate whether a slippage is real or how do we evaluate when people are being overly optimistic? I mean, teams tend to get excited when you add new people because they feel like, oh, that'll be a little bit off of my back, a little bit off of my workload. And the truth is teams can gain momentum and, and really you know, do better. But the problem becomes when organizations see that a team is accelerating and doing, uh, doing really well, they're, they're often rewarded with more work. So sometimes on top of that, the people on a team who know the most don't like to be transparent about individual deliverables and about what they're doing and how it's working because uh, they don't want to show that they can't do their work and help uplift someone else or get someone else up to speed. So then forecasting a reliable timeline becomes nil. Uh, schedule goes away. Predictability goes away. And, and people just start suffering because now more work is piled on, more people are added. And when you increase both sides of the funnel, the amount of flow actually reduces through the pipeline. So it creates lack of communication, misconceptions, misperceptions, uh, all kinds of different things that happen. And you start feeding this, uh, the hidden factory, the invisible factory, where you start making the same mistakes over and over again. You start um, not getting people the information that they need to make credible decisions. Uh, business starts to suffer because they're not in clear alignment with the goals or necessities of the key stakeholders and targeted consumers. So you need to bring things back under control. And I think that, that there are three keys to bring it back under control. The first one is if you've added a whole bunch of work and added a whole bunch of people, you need to go back to the front end of that pipe and reduce the flow of work back to what it originally was. Now, this sounds weird, but when you reduce the flow of work back to what it originally was, that means that you have a similar amount of work that you had before and more people to do it, which means that if people swarm to do the smaller amount of work, that you can actually get things delivered faster with higher quality. So that's going to help you regain control over the flow of work. The second thing that you can do once you uh, have regained control over the flow of work is identify where the bottleneck exists. Is the bottleneck an educational bottleneck? Is it a communication bottleneck? Is it where's the blocker and how do we break through, right? And I think that sometimes it's just, for lack of better terms, that maybe the backlog needs better hygiene. It needs to be processed better or, or have information that's more clear for the team to be able to make it easily consumable. Other times it's just 
barriers between teams or people being borrowed to work on specific things because of a skill set they have. You need to identify the bottlenecks and the blockers and, and break those down so you can destroy the bottleneck. Then you can slowly increase the flow to see if uh, you have flow coming out of the other side. And oftentimes you'll discover that there are training issues or other things that need to happen. And, and that creates the opportunity for us to say, how big is our team? Is our team so big that it's more valuable to create a new team? Or is it more valuable for us to continue to add people to this team? And I think sometimes when you create multiple teams, that strategically, uh, it, it helps with lines of communication, it decreases clutter, helps with lines of communication, gets everybody on the same page and creates an environment where people are comfortable working together. Um, other times though, it's more important to keep people all together and united especially if there's not enough people to warrant creating multiple teams, like in a small startup environment, those type of things. And I think the big key to all of this is you need to be really careful to build the right organizational structure and understand how teams work and create boundaries around how we're going to do things so that everyone is on the same page with how work is going to be processed and what we're going to do. If you can do these things and provide an environment, where teams don't feel like they're being flooded with work so that they're drowning. And more pe throwing more people at it doesn't always solve the problem. But I am going to use a quote that I heard from none other than Elon Musk, love him or hate him. He said, at the end of the day, somebody's got to lick the stamp. And what that means to me is that at the end of the day, if we're going to deliver something, the stamp has to be licked or else it's not going to go to post. And even though it's a thing no one wants to do, and even though some people consider it the dirty work or the underpinnings, even if you're adding more people, sometimes it's better to swarm and engage and get all the work done, including licking the stamp. Because the last thing I want to do is take my highest paid individuals and pay them to lick the stamp. I mean, yes, they can do it. And it's not that they should be immune to it. It's just I feel like sometimes if I have somebody there that can lick the stamp and get it over with, we can get this thing to market faster and start yielding the reward of the results from doing so. So overall, what I'm trying to say is throwing more people at the problem doesn't necessarily solve it unless you know the correct way to address the issues that come from throwing more people at the problem. Okay, that's going to do it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, learn more at AgileDad.com. We would love to hear from you. And as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.